Welcome to The Voice of Reason with Dr. Sonia Thompson of Arise Ministries International. Get ready to be strengthened with solid foundational truths inspired by the living word and changed by fresh revelation that will push you into a victorious life now. Welcome and thank you for joining me today on the Voice of Reason podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sonia Thompson. Praise God. Here we are together again for another invigorating and powerful word of God. I pray that you and your household are well. Well, let's get going and invite the precious presence of the Holy Spirit, the Voice of Reason, and we're going to dive into our lesson. Holy Spirit, We welcome you today. We thank you for your sound wisdom and sound doctrine, for the truth of your word that changes our lives. Our prayer today, God, is that our ears be open to hear you. I pray that your word would find its way in the soil of our hearts to be firmly rooted and planted, to change our lives, to produce fruit that glorifies your name. We give you honor. We give you glory. Let your glory move through the airwaves. Open the eyes of the understanding of your people in Jesus' mighty name. Well, today we have an incredible lesson that I want to share with you. It's kind of out of anything I've ever taught before, but I just believe in obeying the Holy Spirit. We're going to go ahead and read two portions of scripture. Then I'll go ahead and begin to unfold this incredible lesson. In the book of John, chapter 4, verses 20 through 24, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. This is the account where Jesus is sitting with the Samaritan woman sitting at the well. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. And this account is when Abraham is taking his one and only son, Isaac, because God has said, I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. And notice he says, the boy and I or the lad and I are going to go and we're going to worship and we're going to come back. To you. That's another lesson about that kind of faith where he knew he was going to bring his son back with him. Today, I'm talking to you from the subject back to the heart of worship. I'm sure you've heard that song before, Back to the Heart of Worship. The song talks about, you know, directing everything back to God. But we're going to talk about this back to the heart of worship from another standpoint. I'm going to talk to you a little bit and really pull this apart and put things back together so it's relevant for us today. In Genesis 22, when Abraham said that he was going to go and worship, it's the word shaka in the Old Testament. It means to bow down, to reverence, to prostrate oneself, and literally to come and lick 
a man's hand, like a dog licking a man's hand. In the New Testament, it means the same thing, but it's a different word. It's the word proskuneo. That word means to reverence, to kneel, to prostrate, to do homage, to come like a dog licking a master's hand. Same thing. Same word. And I find it very interesting that in the New Testament, Jesus says the Father is still looking for worshipers and not just any type of worshiper. What is he looking for? What do they look like? And how can I identify a true worshiper? The Bible says he's looking for these type of worshipers. That worshipers is the word adorers. He's looking for people who will be consumed with his presence, who literally adore him, who are in awe of him, have him on their minds. They're bowed in their heart. And of course, if they can bow by physical means, that they would be prostrate even in, from a physical aspect. And true worshipers carry worship. Listen to me carefully. We're going to talk about this. You don't lead people into worship. They are it. We carry it if you're a true worshiper. And I'm going to give you a better picture for sure. How can I identify a true worshiper? We talk about different worship styles, but there is the one style that must be common to every worshiper. The style common to every real worshiper is the style that Abba is looking for. He's looking for worship in number one in spirit. He's looking for an adorer because we already talked about what a worshiper was, right? So we pull that here. He's looking for an adorer whose life is in harmony with the Holy Ghost, a life influenced, filled and governed by him. This is worship in spirit. And then he's looking for a worshiper who's not just in spirit, but in truth, meaning one that adores him and they have a lifestyle of integrity in him. They have a lifestyle of integrity that lines up with the word of God morally. They exemplify the knowledge of God. This is what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. That's the heart of worship. Notice, not one song has been sung, not one string has been strummed, not one note played. The symphony of heaven is a people who move together and adore their God with their lives. And they move in unison with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit filled, Holy Spirit led lives. That's the heart of worship to the Father. We put a lot of emphasis on the worship experience. That's what we have pretty much put worship in that pot and very little on the worship of a life in harmony with the Holy Spirit and in alignment with knowing and understanding God and his word. This, beloved, is true worship. And the Bible says the Father is seeking after these type of people. Evidently, they must be hard to find. This is the root of worship. The outward expression that we call worship and we see, you know, through music, should produce the fruit of what's already in us. Then there's no need of this pumping and priming and come on, everybody, put your hands together. Let's worship the Lord. You know how it goes. I'm not a worship leader, as you can tell. But this is what has to happen. Put your hands together. Why would I need to tell you to put your hands together if you are a true worshiper? Why would I need to tell you to lift your voice if you are 
a true worshiper, one in spirit and in truth. There, there's no need for pumping and priming when we know the truth about being a true worshiper. And worshipers are not found in a place. No, they're not. The place is found in them because I've expressed it's a lifestyle. So I have a question for you. Can we really lead a person into worship? Where do we get that from? We don't see a model of a worship leader, do we? I believe we create an atmosphere for others to enter in and enjoy his manifest presence. That's the pure purpose of the corporate worship experience, to create an atmosphere for other people to enter in this manifest presence and enjoy it. That is what we're supposed to be doing. But can we lead them into worship? Let's look at some scriptures where we have come up with the model of a worship leader. Isaiah 14, verse 11. Speaking of Lucifer, your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your stringed instruments. The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. Talking about Lucifer. Watch this. Said his pomp is brought down. Ezekiel 28 and 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. This is where we get the model of worship leader. So in this, it is extracted by most people saying Lucifer was the worship leader of heaven. And I used to believe that too. Now let's, let's look at this. There is no place in scripture that says he led worship. Okay. No, that's not what this is saying. It says, let's talk about this. His workmanship was timbrels and pipes. I love it. This is what it meant. It meant his ministry, his service. Watch this now. His occupation to God flowed through timbrels and pipes. I want to say this again. This is what his workmanship was, the way he was created for the ministry, service, and occupation that what he was doing was supposed to be pointed and flowing to God. And that's what these timbrels and pipes were there for. Now watch this. Timbrels in the Hebrew is equivalent to tambourines, you know, the little circular brass discs or bells, whatever you want to call them in a tambourine. Lucifer had that sound in him. He had those on him as well. He made a heavenly, glorious sound when he moved. And then it talks about these pipes. Now, these weren't actual pipes coming out of him. Uh, what that means is when you look it up, that he had holes in him, kind of like a bezel where you would take and fit a gem in. And he had these type of holes in him, hollows in him, and music came out of him. I'm telling you what, God is absolutely incredible. This is the way he formed and created Lucifer. He was created where music literally came out of him when he moved and he released music into heaven, the worship goes to God. It wasn't that he would call them together and come on, let's worship God. No, it was a constant atmosphere of worship. And he released that worship 
through the heavens. And I'm sure angels sang. And it's a constant atmosphere where music would come out. He was an instrument and the sound of heaven came forth and they loved it. So don't forget it. This was for God who said he led worship. He carried the sound. I'm going somewhere with this and you might be picking this up right now. Notice what I said. He carried the sound of worship in him and he released it as he moved. And as we know, he fell in love with himself. The Bible says pride was found in him and we already know what happened to him. He was cast down to heaven and then he was no longer Lucifer, the bright morning star. He was Satan then uh, when he was cast to the earth, but he fell in love with himself. This is why we have to be really careful with this worship. And I quote that platform because it really has turned into a show place. One day I was praying and the Lord said to me that the churches had literally become like Hollywood, not just within the worship setting, but everything that was going on was all about showmanship and doing all kinds of things that people are doing in churches, trying to be creative and keep people engaged. How about let's preach this gospel? I believe in being relevant, but let's, this is not, we're not trying to get a gathering because, you know, we're, we're showmen. Hollywood doesn't belong in the church. That platform, this worship platform I'm talking about has turned into a show and a place of idolatry. Make no mistake about it because people literally have set their focal point and their mind and their attention to the person. Why? Because we always hear, I'm going to lead you into worship. Is that biblical? We don't lead people into worship. If I understood correctly what I just shared initially regarding worship, it seems like I bring the worship in and it should flow into the atmosphere. I'll get to what I mean about that. Most gatherings, they're really leading people into an encounter. Let's be for real. We push them until they become emotional and we call that worship. That's not worship. That is not worship. Remember, worship is a lifestyle. This is what the father's looking for. Somebody that will worship him in spirit and truth. He's not looking through churches to see who's laid out and crying and who can who is really having a great experience and pouring their heart out. There is nothing wrong with that. But that is not the heart of worship. Worship is not mechanical. Verse 23 of John 4. Jesus said, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. So there's a difference between the entertainment that we're seeing where men are setting their eyes on men. He's looking for these worshipers. Let me tell you something about worship. Technically, the worship team members, their backs really should be to us. If in fact you want to have somebody just to help lead the song, because that's what they're doing. They can't lead you into worship. Technically, their back should be to us and everybody should be sending their worship to heaven. That way our eyes are not focused on anybody, anybody's voice that would cut down on a whole lot of stuff like these clothing bills and, you know, hairdos and fanfare that's become associated with that platform because they're in front of the people. And I think a lot of people have really fallen in love with what's coming out of them. And people have fallen in love with what's coming out of them, just like Lucifer. 
And we got to be really, really careful. Our worship must go to God. And there's a lot of things the Holy Spirit has put up with in the past, but I'm telling you now, he is calling us on the carpet, bringing his church back into balance, making things the way that he desires. He is wanting to bring us back to the heart of worship. No personality can fill the room if we all come in full of worship. What do I mean? The same thing I said from the beginning, a life of worship, a lifestyle of worship. And then my movement of how I live in spirit and truth is creating and will create a beautiful sound to heaven. I love that. Oh, I want to be pleasing to the father in my life, in spirit and truth, and that my life becomes a beautiful sound to heaven, that when I move, the music is moving and God picks that up and heaven picks up the sound of my life and said, oh, this is beautiful. And then when we all come together and we gather to celebrate and worship the Lord, then it's going to flow pure. Then we'll really be able to lift holy hands because it's coming from a lifestyle of worship. And when we come together in one accord in the spirit like this, there's going to be a release of such a beautiful sound when the worship of our lives is released through song. So literally what's in us comes out into the atmosphere. That is the heart of worship. When the root in us is worship, the fruit that comes in the atmosphere is beautiful. It will taste good. It's going to smell good in the atmosphere and before heaven. This is what God is looking for. It is time for the body of Christ to get back to the heart of worship. Why? Because the Father is looking for those that will worship him in this hour in spirit and in truth, those that will adore him, to be consumed with him in all of him, and those who will allow the Holy Spirit to lead their lives and that they will live moral lives, integral lives that line up with the word of God, proving that we know who he is. All right, beloved, I'm going to stop there. Listen, I would love it if you would take the time to share this podcast, if it's been a blessing to you. Please follow us on Facebook, Arise Ministries, as the announcer announces at the end. And then if you are a woman, I would love it if you would join our Arise Women group on Facebook. Search us out, send a request to be added, and your life is surely going to be changed. We have had some incredible testimonies and many, many women are coming into their destiny. All right. God bless you. Until the next time on The Voice of Reason. Thanks for tuning in to The Voice of Reason podcast with Dr. Sonia Thompson. We solicit your prayers and support. Please visit our website at www.ariseministriesintl.com for more information about our products, ministry, or to submit your prayer request. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook at Arise Ministries INTL. Be sure to tune in again next week with the Voice of Reason.